Well, good morning, everyone. It's good to see you. It's good to be with you. Uh, you know, and I want to say good morning and welcome to the online community as well. Um, we had a little bit change in our teaching schedule. We need to change some things up. So we're actually streaming in Grundy. And so I want to say hi to Grundy. I, I'm wondering if you guys would um, indulge me just for a moment. Okay. I had this idea as I was coming over here, and I think I freaked Johnny out by it. But anyway, there's, there's one thing that, that uh, you know, that's really endearing about Iowa football. It's maybe the only endearing thing about Iowa football right now, but it is, it is what? The wave, right? Yeah, they do the wave at the end of the first quarter. I was wondering if we could reenact the wave for, for our online community and for Grundy, because they're sitting there without a live teacher, and I thought it would just be nice for us here in Cedar Falls to recognize everyone. And so, would you do that with me? Would you do that? Okay, I think we're going to even get the lights up just a little bit. And okay, on three, let's all let's all turn to the camera in the back. Turn, just say, let's just wave. Hi guys, miss you. Sorry, I'm not there. Anyway, I'm here. Good to see you. Thank you. Okay, Johnny, was that okay? I hope that was okay. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, Johnny does an amazing job for us, and and I just want to give a shout out to him. He he makes us all look good. So yeah. <clears throat> well, today we're actually starting a new series called Time, Talents, and Treasures. And, um, you know, as a person of faith and, and as I read the scripture, one of the things that I, I'm learning and as, as I've learned along the way is that I'm beginning over and over again to be reminded that all of life is really a gift. It's a gift of God. And so as I receive those gifts, the gifts of time, Gifts of passion and strength and, uh, you know, those gifts of even personality, those kinds of things, and gifts of resource, I'm learning that, that in those gifts, that, that the point of the gifts isn't so much about those being an end in of, of themselves that I pursue, but those gifts actually point me to the giver, and they remind me. That, that all of those things are, are really a gift of God, that he wants to bless us. He wants to bless me. And so over the course of these next few weeks, we're going to be talking about those things. And, and today, I'm going to be talking about work and, and its relationship to time and uh, how that, that it really is a gift of God and, and uh, our work is an expression of faithfully using our time. But, you know, one thing I, I would say, I don't know if you know this, that a typical full-time paid worker will, will spend 90,000 hours working before they retire. That's a huge investment, isn't it? It's a huge investment of time. So it got me thinking about all the, the different things that I've done in my life to be paid, or like paid jobs. And so the, what I found is that it reveals my age, but it also is kind of interesting. So I was wondering, what are some things that you've done in, in your work life? Like paid jobs that you, you can remember. And I'm, it would be interesting to hear what we've all done together. So here's my list I'm going to share with you. So I grew up around a farm, so some of my first paid jobs were actually doing work around the farm. So one of those things was walking beans. How many of you remember that? Yeah, I was on a crew. We did that. And, and I, I, I baled hay for a lot of different farmers. And it wasn't those big round bales. You know, it was the kind you had to pick up and stack, and then you had to go in the barn and just, ugh, terrible. <laughs> and I, I detasseled corn. 
Some of you know what that is, you know? Yeah, and we had to walk, right? We didn't have these machines that we rode on. Anyway, I was a paper boy. I had a paper route. Any of you had one of those? Do you remember in the days when the Des Moines Tribune existed? Yeah, some of you can say yes. Well, there was the morning paper, that was a register, and then there was the afternoon paper, and that was the Tribune. Well, I delivered the Tribune. I also delivered a weekly shopper, you know? So, yeah, that was part of my, my growing up years. And then I mowed yards, but we didn't have the machines we had today <laughs> either. I literally took a gas can and grabbed the handlebar on my bike, and I pulled my mower behind me the old lawn boy, and I would go around the neighborhood, and I got paid $4, $4 for a yard that usually took me like an hour and a half, you know? It's crazy. Anyway, I was a gas station attendant. You guys remember the days when there was full-service gas stations? Yes, I was one of those guys. I would, I would wash the windshield, and I would check the oil and the tire pressure. I, was, I did that. And then I've had different jobs in manufacturing. I worked at Pella Windows for a summer. I worked at this place called Precision Pulley. I was in a maintenance and operations crew. And then I worked for a time just to earn some extra money. I worked for this chemical company, chemical solutions company that that made treatment for water treatment uh, facilities. They would test the water. And so I, I did that. I've been a licensed real estate agent. Did you know that? I'll be glad to help you. No. <laughs> I've been a pastor, and I've had different roles in that, that idea of being a pastor. I've been a church planter. I've worked with a region of churches called a classis, and, and I've done different things. And then there's all these daily tasks that are unpaid tasks of being a dad or a homeowner or whatever it is, but those are some things that I've done in my life. And so then I got me thinking, what is work? What really is work? So I want us to turn, because the Bible actually talks about it very early on. In Genesis chapter, chapter 2, it says this. It's kind of at the end of creation. The Lord took the man and he put him in the garden to work it and to take care of it. Now, to just give that a little bit of context, you know, Genesis 1 and Genesis 2 are really the creation story. And God is actively working. He's creating the heavens and the earth and at the pinnacle of his creation, he creates man and woman. And he reminds us in Genesis chapter 1, he says, you know, I've made you, I'm making you in my image. I'm, I'm giving you this special place. And I want you, I want you to, to rule with me. Think about that. I want you to have dominion over, over everything. I want you, I've given you this land. I've given you this place. And I, and I want you to join with me in partnership. In fact, as you look at this passage and you look at the word work, it's very interesting to me. It's a Hebrew word that is avodah. Avodah is, is translated, it's sometimes translated as work, other times in Scripture is translated as craftsmanship, something that's really well done with excellence. You know, it's a, it's a craft, it's craftsmanship. But it's also translated as worship. Think about that. So the intention that God has in the story of creation, I think it's more than just something that we do. 
right? Work is not just something that we do. It's actually somehow this partnership with God that he gives us this opportunity to be with him and to use our gifts and our talents alongside of him and saying, being in fellowship with him, being in relationship with him. And it's sort of this interwoven relationship between work and worship, this lifestyle, if you will. And so I have this definition. I don't know if it's a good definition, but I, I liked it. Okay, so I'm going to share it. Work, it is this partnership with God. Amazing. Think about that just for a second. The creator of the universe says to us, look, I want you, I've given you this beautiful space, this land, I want you to join with me. Join with me. It's this partnership with God, faithfully using time, our time that he's given us, towards a life well lived, a flourishing kind of life. A life with meaning and purpose. A life where, where I'm going to use you. In fact, I would say work is the primary place that God works through us to bless the world. That's an incredible thought, isn't it? That it's through our work that God wants to bless the world. It's more than just what we do. It's this lifestyle, if you will. In fact, the Harvard University has, has this uh, thing called the Human Flourishing Project. And this is what they're saying about work. They say work affects flourishing, that is, a life well lived, if you will. Not only because work provides the goods and services that we need to live full lives, but also because it can offer meaning, rich relationships, and opportunities to build character. Indeed, our prior research to flourishing identified work as one of the most important pathways to such complete well-being, and also has important effects on numerous domains of well-being, including happiness, health, meaning, character, relationships, and financial stability. Work is so much more than just what we do. It is this opportunity to partner with God and to be with Him. And for God to use us to bless the world. So what does this partnership look like? Well, I got, got to thinking about that as well. And I was actually reading in Colossians chapter 3. And I want to read these three verses because I think it unfolds this idea of, of what this work can be and what it, what it means to faithfully use our time in work in the kind of work that God would want us to have. So I want to read. These are Colossians 3, 15 to 17. It says, it begins this paragraph, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, it kind of makes sense, this last verse, doesn't it, when we're talking about work, what work is, it's describing. But I want to go back to the first verse that I read. And it starts, 
Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. You know, Paul is talking to a group of friends, his Christians, his little church in Colossae, and he's reminding them. He's admonishing them. He says, this is how I want you to live. And I was thinking about, am I letting Christ rule, his peace rule in my life? You know what? I came to the conclusion, I have to work at that. I actually have to work at letting God rule and his peace rule in my life. I have to tell myself constantly, Brian, you are not God. You are not in charge. And I, and I have to constantly go back, and, and one of my favorite verses and, and reminders for me is actually from another letter from Paul, from Philippians, where he says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, and with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and then what does he say? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If I want to experience his peace, I need to come before him and say, you know what, God, these are the things that are concerning to me. In fact, he invites me to be that, to do that. Present your requests to God. Don't be anxious. So am I spending time, am I seeing as part of my life and part of my work this opportunity to come before God and allow his peace to rule in my heart? In my life. That's what people of faith do. So some of my sort of partnership in this use of my time and work, I'm actually engaged with God. Saying, God, these are the things that are concerning me today. These are the decisions that I need to make. These are the people that I'll be interacting with. This is what I'll be doing. God, would, would your peace reign in me? Wow. That's a different way of thinking about work. My work is to be in communion with God. My work is to be in partnership with God as I begin my day, as I go throughout my day, as I end my day. And I'm letting his peace rule in me. I'm not God. I'm just his servant. Then look at the next verse. It says, let the message of Christ dwell among you. <laughs> you know, he's talking to a church fellowship, and he's talking about the relationships that they have. What does it mean to let the message of Christ dwell among you. It's like, this is the kind of the image to me, it's like it, it's something that it, there's an atmosphere where Christ's presence, where Christ's teachings, where Christ's values are present. There's a sense of love and camaraderie and kindness, and there's this idea of community that we're in this together. Am I seeking in my work, am I seeking in my life that part of my work that God might want me to have healthy relationships? 
Isn't that the essence of business? Is relationships? Isn't that the essence of our work, in sense? Is the people that we work with and, and are collaborating with and seeking to serve and all these things? Am I seeking in my life, in my work life, am I partnering with God and pursuing healthy relationships? Now, I also think that that begins at home. And in my church. And in my neighborhood. But certainly it's part of my work Letting the message of Christ, the values of Christ, the teachings of Christ sort of do, to dwell. Now, I don't know if you uh, realize this, but I, I, was, I was on a webinar not long ago, but we are in the midst of what some people are calling the great resignation. Have you heard that? Depending on, on who you hear or listen to, but the statistics are that between 40 and 60% of American workers are going to change jobs in the next year. And maybe you're already one of those people, right? You've already decided, I'm, I'm checking out, I'm going to find something else. I don't know. But this is a huge, huge thing that's happening. And it's for lots of different reasons. You know, the pandemic, I think, gave people time to sort of have some introspection and they're realizing, realizing, hey, work is not so much a place. I can live anywhere. Or, you know, I don't like to commute anymore. I'm going to do something else. Or there's all kinds of reasons. And so I was, I was actually on this webinar put on by WorkHuman, which is a company that is a human resources company. They, they help companies with their human resources, and they have this platform that they want to serve, and they serve some of the largest companies in the world. So the, the founder of the company was on, and his name is Eric Mosley, and he was saying this. He said, here's the deal. If you want to make your place the, the greener grass, your workplace the greener grass that people are thinking about, oh, it's greener over there. That's just our human tendency, isn't it? To always look for where the grass may be greener. He said, if you're going to think about that and keep your people and attract new people, here's some things that, that you need to keep in mind. The things that will attract and keep your folks are what? Strong personal relationships, frequent acknowledgement and appreciation, and psychological safety. And he defined that as this place of feeling accepted. Now think about that just for a moment. That's all about relationship, healthy relationships. It's, it's what keeps us going, right? In fact, Google, they have this group called the Einstein Group, and they study their own company, but they came out with a study that said their number one predictor in team success was this last one, psychological safety, this idea that, that I go to work and I feel like I'm safe, I can be myself, I have people that trust me and, and, and I trust them. That's exactly what Paul is talking about, the kind of relationships that we can have. That part of our work and our partnership with God is having healthy relationships. 
So what would that mean in your life? You know, it's learning how to balance, number one, my time with God. I'm, I'm learning, I'm invited into commune with God. That, that's part of my work. I'm, I'm surrendering in a sense. I'm saying, God, would you rule in my life? But I'm also learning how to live in healthy relationships at work, at home, in my neighborhood, wherever I am. That the, the message of Christ might rule in my home, my workplace. In fact, the work, workplace is even recognizing that's so important there. It's amazing. And then verse 17, I want to go to verse 17. and says, and whatever you do, whether in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. Later on in that same chapter, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart, fully engaged as working for the Lord, not for human masters, he says. So what does it mean to represent Christ in our workplaces? Because I think that's exactly what he's saying. Go, commune with me, you know, be in fellowship with me, work at healthy relationships, but also go, now go and represent me well in whatever you do. So what does that mean? I, I, I kind of came up with three ideas, three things I want to encourage you to think about as we go and we represent Christ. The first one is this. Do your job. Do your job. And do it really well. In fact, I would say this, that excellence honors God and it serves others. And excellence is simply saying this, I'm bringing the best of me. Whatever resources and whatever things that I can give, I'm giving the best of me to whatever task that I'm doing. That's excellence. So you want to represent Christ well? Do your job. And do it to the best of your ability. In fact, Dorothy Sayers, who's a spiritual writer, says this, Let the church remember this, that every maker and worker is called to serve God in his profession or trade, not outside of it. Hear that? Your primary place of serving the Lord is right where you are, whatever job you have. It's not somewhere else. It's right there, not outside of it. The only Christian work is good work well done. Excellence honors God and serves others. Martin Luther had this great, the, the great reformer, you know, he had this great understanding of, of work. He said this, it's not about sort of taking over and seeing everybody as, as your project, you know, to win them over to Christ, although that would be wonderful. He said the idea simply is this, your work is God's primary way that he works through us to bless the world. In other words, uh, he provides for us through the goods and services that are produced. That's how God provides for the world, through our work. And we need to do it well. Here's another way I think we represent Christ. We learn how to serve like Jesus. 
We can serve like Jesus. So I don't know if you know this, but uh, two of my kids this, uh, this next year are getting married. So I was joking with the team before. We also have a GoFundMe page, right? <laughs> so um, one in May and one in August, and uh, we're really looking forward to that. So um, Cameron, our, our youngest, uh, our son, he's getting married in May. And um, the one thing he wanted to do is he wanted to have his own suit. So we decided, hey, you know what we're going to do? We're going to take you to this clothier that we know, and he's going to set you up. So um, we went down to this clothier, and uh, his name is Mike. And I have a picture of, of Mike working with Cameron. He is on his knees. He was amazing. I mean, he was paid full attention to Cameron. Never once did he kind of complain about, hey, do you have this option? Do you have this? Do you do this? And can you, can you show us this? I mean, constantly. He, he owns this little shop, and it is just jam-packed full of stuff, but he knows where everything is, and he knows exactly what he's got, and he, fade, he, he, just, he just blessed us in so many ways. He served us so well. It was, it was impressive. In fact, at the end of it, he, he gives my wife a hug, and, you know, he said, I, I'm, you know, I hope you have a great day. And, and then he gives my son a hug, you know, and then he gave me a hug because I gave him the credit card. <laughs> but I asked him, I said, Mike, how long have you been doing this? He said, I've been, I've been doing this for 42 years, and I love it. And here, I said, well, why do you love it? He said, because I get to help people feel good about how they look. I'm like, wow. And I just get to serve all kinds of people and families and help them have a great day and help them have a great event. And I just love it. I thought, man, he's made such an impression upon me. He is serving Christ in the world as a clother, as a tailor. I love that. Here's the last thing I want to I share, how we represent Christ well. And I think it's really important that we take up rhythms of rest and work well. If work is this idea of being in partnership with God, that I'm learning how to commune with Him, letting Him sort of reign and rule over me, so that I can go into the world and be his servant. I need to pause. I need to work at that relationship. I also need to work at healthy relationships in my life. And then I'm realizing more and more how I need to have patterns in my life that I'm resting well and working well. And it's not something, you know, that man wasn't made for Sabbath, Sabbath for the man. In other words, it is for us, it's a gift of God to be able to rest. In fact, twice in the Old Testament, it's listed in the top ten, right, the Ten Commandments. And in each section, one is in Exodus 20, it's listed, there's a description of what Sabbath or what rest can be like in the Lord and why we do it. And in, in Exodus chapter 20, the description is this, that Sabbath or rest is because God rested. 
He created and he worked for six days, but on the seventh day he rested. And so, friends, do you think you're, you're greater than God? Of course not. We need to find times and moments of rest. But then in Deuteronomy chapter 5, there's another reason given. It's not so much that, that it's part of this created order. He's reminding us, he's recounting the Sabbath, that, hey, make Sabbath this part of your life. Because, here's why, because remember you were slaves once, and God rescued you from that. In other words, he rescued you. Remember what God has done for you. And I think about that for us as Christians. Remember your salvation. Remember what Christ has done for you. So we need to pause and we need to reflect and we need to come together and we need to worship and we need to have this sort of moment in which we are reminding ourselves of what God has done. Now it's very interesting to me also that, that the Bible doesn't talk a lot about play, it talks about recreation. This rest is a part of recreation. The Bible talks about work, rest, and celebration, this idea that there's moments in life where we just celebrate. And I think that there's something in that we need to hear. So much of our play, friends, is about us. Where rest is an opportunity for us to reconnect with God and to be reminded about who we are. So what does this pattern look like? Work is this partnership with God and faithfully using my time to connect with Him, to have healthy relationships, to represent Him in what I do with my life, whatever it is. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much um, for being a God who created us uh, with us in mind and gave us an opportunity to have a life full of meaning and purpose, full of communion with you and fellowship with you and the opportunity to use our gifts and our talents in a way that would honor you and serve others. Lord, I think about all of the different places of work that each person in here uh, goes to and will go to, to tomorrow, many of us. Would you help us to make those connections between Sunday faith and Monday work? Would you help us to begin to live a life that is full and rich of meaning? an abundant kind of life that is in fellowship with you and others as we go about our, day, our days. Lord, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.